This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. Well, uh, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, but uh, at our Leadership Summit, we just had an amazing time and we wanted to share uh, just some of the talks that we got to experience together uh, with some of our leaders who were there. And uh, so we're going to be sharing those in coming weeks. Uh, So today I wanted to give you a little uh, peek into the opening ceremony that we had on uh, the opening night, and uh, I was giving the the men a little bit of a setup, but uh, Rocky was our featured speaker that night as he asked the question that he always asks us leaders, how's your soul? And so uh, listen and uh, as Rocky challenges our leaders, and I have a feeling that you might be challenged as well as you listen to this. So listen and enjoy. God bless you. Welcome, everybody. Uh, my name is Brian Craig, and I get the privilege of serving as Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to be your MC for this weekend. Welcome to the 2021 Influencers Leadership Summit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so good to get back together. It's been, it's 2019, uh, I guess May of 2019 was the last time we had a, a gathering of sorts. And, uh, Anyway, this one we felt like God wanted us to call the leaders together. It was time to call the leaders together. So there was a lot of prayer that went into this. Uh, we asked our staff and their boards, and we asked uh, champions of new cities, asked everybody in our global board to be praying about who was supposed to be here. So we fully believe you guys were supposed to be here. And some of you guys may go, I don't know if I feel like much of a leader in this ministry or whatever. You know, I heard some of that. Well, God must want you here. <laughs> for some reason, and, and you know, because God can see who you're going to be, and you know, as Rocky likes to say, God puts a crown on our head and lets us grow in, up and you know, and so uh, who knows why you're here, but God wanted you here, so, all right, well, I, so the first question you may have is, why are we doing this, why are we having a leadership summit, and I, I, we got together as a board, and we had a, a weekend of prayer, a few days of prayer, and, and I just wanted to read some of the things that I feel like why we're doing this, we're doing this because our leaders need encouragement and affirmation, out there, we believe that. Uh, we believe some of our leaders may not be in great soul health tonight, and uh, they may need an opportunity to be ministered to by the Spirit and by the Board. Many of our leaders are going through sifting. Many of you are going through sifting maybe, to get you ready for greater ministry. Um, there's something about this whole COVID thing which has become a marker for this a new area of new ministry opportunity, and we need to make sure influencers are ready for the opportunities and the challenges that are coming ahead. Um, the DNA of abiding is central to everything we do. And so we, we have to keep reiterating uh, that always. Um, some of our leaders need equipping in areas of running a region and, and being a leader and all that, so that there's always a need for leadership development. Um, and we, we felt like we needed to provide an environment and the freedom for the Holy Spirit to move upon all of us. And we're even praying for an outpouring of His Holy Spirit this weekend, tonight. Um, and we believe that he's going to show up. We, he, well, he's already here. He's within all of us. But uh, we believe we've been praying for an outpouring. 
which means that usually leads to people being cut to the heart, and it usually leads to times of repentance, confession, and, and uh, just heart surgery in a sense. And we believe he wants to do something. I want to just take you back for a second to February 6, 2020. And uh, uh, this is uh, hard to remember back to that time, doesn't it? Uh, February 6, 2020. But uh, Donald Trump had just done the State of the Union address. And, and I was in my quiet time. And I thought, Lord, what, what do you think is the state of our union right now? And, and I just want to read a few things that I wrote down. Um, I wrote, I see God not as king of my people, but as one God among many. I see wealth and luxury as one of the most worshipped gods. I see rampant sexual sin, pornography, infidelity, premarital sex, homosexuality, gender confusion, and pedophilia. I see the rich and powerful determining laws and morality with little if any regard for God's word. I see sports and entertainment as taking the highest priority in those people's hearts. I see churches who seem more focused on programs, buildings, and production rather than on making disciples and meeting people's needs. I see people trying to portray the best impression of their lives on social media when no one knows their real identity or struggles. I see a perverse willingness to accept all things, all views, all people, all values, with no absolutes, so that we're not accountable to anyone. I see hate everywhere, and acceptance disguised as love. I see ministries more worried about fundraising than trusting God. I see women leading families spiritually, and men feeling ill-equipped and underqualified. I see unwholesome talk coming out of tongues every day, cursing men and cursing God. I see acts of kindness done for personal recognition or ratings. I see media captivating millions of minds and hearts, immobilizing even those who know Christ and are called to make disciples. I see billions of dollars spent on medicine each year and very little time spent praying for the sick and anointing them with oil. I see the sins of our forefathers being passed down to this generation so that they're normalized and justified. I see a stark lack of elders and spiritual fathers and mentors. I see alcohol and marijuana as the antidepressants of choice for too many. I see no absolute standards for living, definitely not the Bible, so people have no basis for peace or unity. I see darkness like a blanket covering my people. That's what I felt like I saw as a state of the union in February of last year. But I did write this, there was hope. I put, but thanks to influencers and abiding in Christ, I see God seated on his throne and in his glory. I see Jesus seated at the right hand, interceding and pleading with the Father on our behalf. I see men and women who've been set free from the bonds of sin who are walking alive in the Spirit. I see the Holy Spirit changing people so they can help change others. I see men and women who love God's Word and accept it as the authority in life. This is within influence. <laughs> I see people who live to please God, not to obey laws. I see people loving their enemies, seeking reconciliation and forgiveness, sharing the love they found in Christ. I see a remnant of people who are like burning embers, being oxidized by the breath of the Spirit, slowly gaining ground in the coldness of this world. I see people falling on their knees in repentance for their love of the world, turning their lives toward God. I see families being restored and marriages rekindled to their original love and true ministry being birthed. I see people with rich hearts toward God and others not counting any position they're own. I see people answering the call to pray and seeing miracles as a result. I see beacons of light and oaks of righteousness standing tall and being arrested for those in the day of the Spirit. I see hope by God's grace that my people will return to God and he will relent from destroying us 
Dear God, please have mercy on my people who don't see, who haven't found you yet, who don't understand the life of fighting with you. That was February 2020. Well, guess what happened one month later? There was this little thing called COVID that took the whole country by storm and it stripped away so many items that, that were written about in that, in that first part. It was, it was amazing. I mean, it's, I mean, you guys understand how inconceivable the whole thing is? I mean, I can't, still can't even really believe that it happened or is that right now. But I mean, everything, all these sports, entertainment, media was all stripped away. The things that people were worshiping, the idols, and, and even churches were forced to shut down. So if your faith was just rooted to go into church, you couldn't even go to church. So where was your faith? Um, but in the midst of all that, after you know, God reminded me that that message, and, and, and I kept hearing messages from other people, and and, and in, in the Old Testament, like Hosea, Joel, Isaiah, Deuteronomy, Chronicles, um, and just one of many verses is Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. And so I kept hearing this word, return to me. And I think that's what God was trying to say, that there was a shape. So, you know, we can see COVID as a work of the devil, um, but think about Peter and Jesus' interaction when Jesus said, Peter, Satan has asked permission to, to sift you like wheat. And he says, when you turn back, go and prove your brother. So basically, he gave Satan permission to wreak havoc in Peter's life. If you read the book of Job, you read Satan asking permission to wreak havoc on a, a man's life, and God allowed it. So, so yeah, it might be Satan's work, but God allowed it. So what is God doing? I think God is, is stirring things up. He's shaking everything that was shaking. And, and it's important for us just to think about that because if we're here at this time and place, for a reason. There's a reason God raised up influencers for this time, 20 years ago. This is a 20-year anniversary this year that raised up influencers. And so, um, it seems very significant to me that God is up to something. And, and it's just interesting to know that in 2018, God was telling us, why don't you use Zoom video conference technology so you can reach more people in new cities? And uh, we were testing that out in 2018. Not knowing in 2020, everybody would have to go to Zoom, right? I mean, we were cool before Zoom was cool, right? I mean, you know, so um, it's amazing. So, so God has already allowed us to reach so many people who who weren't finding, couldn't go to church, couldn't meet, and and journey groups exploded last year. Last year, at the end of last year, we we looked up and we had shipped material to like 900 orders to like over 220 cities in America, and it was like all time high. We'd never done that. So people are finding this, they're hungry, and they're looking for answers, and then we come and invite them to a journey group, and they're finding out there's this other life, with all those benefits that I just read a minute ago of abiding in Christ. So um, it's, it's happening. So anyway, you guys are our top leaders in this ministry, we believe. And so we believe it's important that you guys are ready, ready for the tasks ahead, ready for the challenges. And... So we're going to ask you tonight the question that Rocky asks at every board meeting and probably most meetings he's part of. You know what I'm going to say. How's your soul? How's your soul tonight? So, you know, it's kind of like that deal, the, the cliche, but when you're on an airplane and they give you the, the safety instructions and they say if the plane gets depressurized, the oxygen mask will drop, you first put it on yourself before you endeavor to help anyone else, right? 
you guys have to take care of your own souls before you can help anybody else. You have to abide in Christ before you can help anyone else learn how to abide, right? So, anyway, there's no greater person to help you think about your soul health than, than Rocky, our founder. So, Rocky is going to come out. You can start coming out, Rocky. Um, so, uh, Rocky's coming out. Uh, one of our. Uh, oh, you're not. Oh, they're under Okay. We work together every day. It's like, you know, um, anyway, no, uh, somebody years ago, they, they, I got to know Rocky, and he became a mentor to me, and, and then he, this friend of mine was going to meet Rocky, and he said, what, what is this Rocky channel? You know, like he was a celebrity or something, and, uh, and I said, Rocky? Oh, yeah. Um, I said, these are the words, and I still think it's true today. I said, he is so passionate, yet so humble, and I think that's right, and I, I've always felt that, and now I've known him 16 years, and now we've worked together the last six years, and I still say the same thing. So, Rocky's just another disciple of Christ. Yeah, he's he's just work, look, working on his own soul health, and out, out of that, he's been able to start a ministry. And out of that, I've been able to mentor a lot of guys and a couple other people. So, anyway, I'm going to put you in the trusted hands of Rocky Fleming, our founder. Sweeney's Church, Catalyst, and you guys will be here from that later on, but you can see that we have a journey brother who leads journey groups who's leading out of his fullness of his heart in his relationship with Christ, and that's a difference. Uh, so, uh, do you notice, Brian, that I've changed the name of what I'm going to do today? <laughs> I think you have it on there by soul, right? Uh-huh. And uh, so this happens all the time. So I, I get a new message from the Lord that says, we'll get to that. <laughs> so I was listening to it. And, it, it, it. and I thought, come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Guys, would you like Holy Spirit to come? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, would you really, really like Holy Spirit to come? Yeah. I mean, are you willing to ask Him to come? Yeah. Are you willing to receive Him? Yeah. Well, you know, there's a scripture here I'd like to bring here. As Jesus' words Himself, He said this. In Luke 11 14, He said, One day Jesus. Oh, that's not it. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, what? Sinful persons. Sinful persons. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him? Do we ask for him? Will we ask for him? I will tell you this. It's been at the heart, my heart, since this conference was conceived in our minds, that I want the Holy Spirit to come. I want the Holy Spirit to make himself known. Now, what will that look like? I think we're going to discover that. I'm praying that we'll discover that. Right now, we have people that are on their knees praying for that. We have a prayer team that's collecting together via Zoom, via uh, other means that they get together to pray for you men tonight. You're chosen. You're chosen by God to be his son, but you're also chosen to be here. And Brian mentioned that a while ago. You are leaders. Now, there's only 125 of you, but, but you represent over 1,000 people. Think about the number of people you're leading in journey groups. Think about the number of people who you've led who are leading journey groups. Think of the multiplication factor where this ministry began with seven people and now there's tens of thousands of people that are going through the journey. They're walking with Jesus and understanding what an intimate abiding relationship is. You guys have come far and wide. I really appreciate you. We have you guys from Oklahoma. Thank you for being here. <laughs> guys from Arkansas, you made it. Guys from Tennessee and Alabama, way to go. And Mississippi, thank you, Jesus. Got somebody from Mississippi. People from Texas are here. People from California are here. People from Maine are here. Did I miss anybody? How about Kansas? South Carolina. Who else? What? Costa Rica? Where's Costa Rica? Do they grow coffee down there? All right, Ken Landers. Columbia, South America. Hyder. Henry. You know what? Is there somewhere I didn't mention? Virginia. Thank you for being here. Ohio got here. Man, there's a movement in Ohio going. There is a big movement in Ohio going in Michigan. Anybody from Michigan? No, but they got a big movement. Idaho. 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 Idaho here. Way to go, Idaho. Bring any potatoes. <laughs> Anywhere else? Colorado. 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 Yeah, I saw somebody from Colorado a while ago. Way to go. Mark here moved from Colorado. He's moving up around Harrison, Arkansas. He's found God's country now. <laughs> so I've been reading in Acts. And man, I don't know if you ever spend much time in Acts, but I say you need to. 
Acts is the bridge from the four Gospels to the letters. It's the rolling out of the church. And as a, as a re, reading Acts there, this is what really actually made me begin to want to talk to you about what I want to talk to you about rather than what I was going to talk to you about. Now, what I was going to talk to you about, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> but we have a starting point. I want to get this up here. And I'd like to read it for you. In Acts 2, 1 through 12. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of, each of us in his own native tongue? Parthians, Anedes, Lamanites, Lamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus of Asia, Agra, Aphelia, <laughs> Egypt, and parts of Libya belong to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God, and all were amazed and were perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? Now we know this is Pentecost. Pentecost means 50 in Greek. Pentecost is a religious holiday for the Jews. It was a harvest festival, harvest time. All the Jewish males were brought into Jerusalem to make sacrifices and to dedicate the grain that was gathered. Blessings. So that's why you have all of these people that were in there for, for all of, from all of those surrounding areas with different tongues, different dialects. That's why they were there. Now I find it interesting about this because what it says here is that these people were hearing this in their own languages. These were intelligible knowledgeable languages in the area. These were Galileans. I can understand why they were saying this. Can Galileans be doing this? Because I'm from Mississippi and people would be saying that about me. <laughs> How does he know Greek? How does he know Persian? How does he know Arabic? How does he know this? How does he know this? How does he well, obviously, that was what was going on there. How did these people know my language? Now, there was a reason. Guys, it wasn't just for an event that the Holy Spirit came and rested on these people 
and gave them this ability to speak different languages. It was not just for the men. We're not asking for the men here either. It was to do something. It was to proclaim the gospel. It was to spread the gospel. He gave them utterance to be able to spread the gospel. And I have to tell you, I would love to be able to have the ability to speak in different languages. I'd like to be able to go to Costa Rica and Colombia and speak Spanish. As they know, I speak in Spanish. I'd like to go to Egypt and speak Arabic. So we're translated there. We've got turned brothers over there. I'd like to go to Africa and speak French to the people that Eric Union has translated the curriculum into French and it's over there going great, great. I'd like to be able to go to Brazil and speak their native, native language in Portuguese since we have translations down there. We've heard Russians have translated it. So the point being is that I would love, I would love the ability for the Holy Spirit to give me the ability to go into a culture to look them in the face, to love them, and speak their language. But he hasn't given me that. And I asked him, help me. He said, I kind of like the way you talk. I said, what about this prayer language thing? He said, yeah, I'll give that to some people. Can I have that? He said, I'll give it to you. Really? Yeah, it's English. I'm okay with that. He said, besides, I'm the one who takes your prayers and makes them really good. As I do with all of them. So I think the Lord was telling me that I've got something else to give you. I said, well, Lord, what is that that you want to give? I want to give you the language of the human heart. So let me tell you what. When I heard that, I thought about something. I thought about a true story about Dwight L. Moody. I assume you guys know Dwight L. Moody, right? Yeah. If you're old enough, you know Dwight L. Moody. But Dwight L. Moody, Moody was the father of Sunday schools across America. He, uh, it's said that he led over a million people to Christ. He was a great evangelist. He was an extraordinary man. But really, really, do we think he did that because he was extraordinary? You see, here's one of the problems we have when we read Scripture. We go and we think about what happened there with those 125 or 200 people in that upper room that we fail to understand there's a backstory there. And we want to get into the backstory in just a minute. But what I want to talk to you about is this language of the human heart. And when the Lord shared that with me. He said, I want you to have the language of the human heart. And I said, what is it? And I thought about Dwight L. Moody and I remembered a story. Because you see, as great as Dwight L. Moody was, he was a man with only a fifth grade education. He lived in Upper Massachusetts. As a teenager, he moved down to Boston. Desperate for a job. His uncle gave him a job to be a shoe seller. And uh, he had one condition. He said, I, I'm going to uh, give you a job, but you've got to go to church. We're going to get this 
congregational church that was my go-to. Now, Moody was a Unitarian. And Unitarians don't believe in the divine, the uh, divineness of Jesus, and they don't believe there's a need for salvation. So he was totally dark. So he went to church. He got under the in the Sunday school of a, of a man named uh, Edward Kimball. Edward Kimball said this about Lydell Moody when he first met him. I have never seen a man's mind so darkened from the gospel as Lydell Moody. Edward Kimball took on a sacred responsibility. He went to see Lydell Moody. And he laid his hand on him and he talked to him about Jesus. And Jesus came into Lydell Moody's life at that moment. Dwight was still the ignorant guy he was. He was still rowdy. He was rough, rough around the ages. In fact, he was so rough when he asked for membership in that very church, they denied him. They wouldn't let him come in. But he kept on, and he kept on, and finally they let him in. And the story goes that he moved to Chicago. He was very serious about his faith. Everywhere he went, he was asking, do you know Jesus? He meets somebody on the street, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And he was turning people's lives upside down. But before long, he started getting some notoriety. And later on in life, he was asked to go across the Atlantic to speak over there. And it was in a church of a pastor whose name was Frederick Brotherton Myers. Now, we might know F.B. Myers because F.B. Myers writes, had written a lot of emotional, right? Good stuff. And he was also one of the founders of inner city ministries there in, in England. But he wasn't that way when Dwight Moody first met him. When he, Dwight Moody was invited to come speak in the church there, and Dwight spoke in the church, and he did like he normally did. He would tell these passionate stories, real life stories, of people, of their problems, of their trouble, of the redemption that Christ gives. The Holy Spirit was absolutely, absolutely on him. It was obvious. His words really hit home. And he was in the uh, church there, and F.B. Myers was squirming. I mean, he was squirming in his seat because Dwight uh, uh, Moody gave this sermon about there was a woman back in her in the church back in Chicago, and she knew she was dying of cancer. She taught a Sunday school class, so she made it her purpose to meet with all of the girls in her class and individually lead them to Christ. Well, White, uh, White left. L.B. Myers was unaffected until later when he met with a woman. He said, how goes it, ma'am? She said, my life will never be the same since White on New Year's here. I said, why is that? I'll tell you why. He's encouraged me by his stories to go to every one of the girls in my Sunday school class, and I have now led them to Jesus Christ. Here's what F.B. Meyer said I have discovered the language of the human heart. You see, the language of the human heart, guys, goes beyond English and Spanish and Portuguese and French and Russian. It's not limited to dialect. It's not limited 
to words. The language of the human heart radiates out from a deeper place. And the question is, where is that deeper place? The heart that God gives in Ezekiel 11, 19. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. So you ask them, well, what does this have to do, the heart and the language of the human heart? Because the language of the human heart doesn't come from a human heart. It comes from the heart of Jesus. You see, it's the abiding relationship that we have with Jesus that creates a heart connection with him. We all enter into the relationship with him with a heart strength. We have a heart heart. That's just the nature of mankind. That's the nature of the world we live in. That's where we all start. That's where Wydell Moody started. That's where we all start. We start with the nature of the flesh in us and the nature of that heart of the flesh in us. But this relationship with Christ, this anointing, this abiding in him creates a new heart in us. And when that happens, then we have a new language. I believe that what we see at Pentecost was a language that had already begun. It was just ready to be expressed, guys. See, that language began when they developed that relationship with Christ. That's where that heart began to change in them. So let's get a little backstory here because I think that we need to understand why they were where they were and what was going on. I think most of us remember Matthew 28. We talk about making disciples all the time. I won't talk about that just a little. I'm going to talk about another thing a lot. So let me read it to you. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted him. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, I think that we all would say, I know, I know the Great Commission. He said, go make disciples. Well, let's talk about this. But some doubt it. Have you ever wondered about that? <clears throat> some doubt. I think that there's a connection that we need to understand because I think we can be a real person. I won't bring it home. Okay? I don't think they doubted that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. I don't think that at all. They knew his crucifixion. They saw his resurrection. They had been with him 40 days from that time. Believe me, they knew who he was. They knew what he had done. They had no doubts about Jesus Christ, guys. 
That's not where the doubt was. You know where the doubt was? Some doubted themselves. Some doubted. Can I do this? Am I able to really make a difference? Any of you guys said that? How many people you ask to do a journey group? I don't know, man. I don't think I can do that. Right? How many of you said that first? Doubt it. It's normal to doubt. It's normal to, to realize this is something bigger than me. It's normal to say this is a bigger task and Rocky can't do it. Mark can't do it. Can't do it. Guys, not the way we are. We're limited. And it's reasonable to doubt. If we have to go in to try to make disciples in our own wisdom, our own knowledge, our own ability, I worry more about the people who did that. I would think they would think they're too top sure they're God's gift to mankind because there is a spirit of dependence that's needed to make disciples a spirit of humility of who we are and guys we are just ordinary men those people at Pentecost were just ordinary men and women they were just like you and me they were in a room just like this and then he came. Well, let's connect the dots here on this mountain. Uh, because I think Jesus knew what they needed. And now, I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with your power, with his power. You know, Jesus is a very sensitive Savior. He knows our feelings. Remember that passage that says he was tempted in everything but did not sin? That he knows how to come to our rescue? Because he himself was tempted in the same thing. Guys, do you think that Jesus was any less dependent on Father God than we are on the Holy Spirit? Because he got his marching orders. He told us all the time, I'm only saying what he told me to say. I'm only doing what he, he's doing through me. Why in the world would he go spend all night praying? To go back out to do ministry because he was dependent on that. He had to deal with the, the his mission as a man. God, who came in the form of a man to carry out the mission of God with the limitations of man. And he had to depend on the power that came from Father, just like we have to depend on the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. And he was telling them, like he's telling you and me now, wait. Wait till you receive the power. And they received the power. He had a plan. He knows his plans for you, guys. He knows his plans for you. 
And I can tell you this right away. He wants you to be disciple makers. He wants you to go and make disciples. He wants you to show them the things he showed his disciples right before he was crucified. The very marching orders that we need to remember is what he told them. Abide in me and you will bear fruit. Apart from me, you will not bear fruit. He began that John 15 by saying, already you are clean because the word spoken to you, but you must abide in me to bear fruit. Apart from me, you will not bear fruit. On and on and on, he kept driving that home to them. And guess what the message they would be saying? What would come to them when you're meeting with other people? Bye. 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 And guess what empowered their message? The Holy Spirit. What is your message? Bye. What will empower your message? The Holy Spirit. What will convince them? The language of the heart. Where is that found? Abiding. It all circles back. Heart stones turned to the heart after God. The life turned on, turned upward, reaching outward, reaching backward, going forward, making disciples. That's organism. That's what we see with influencers. We've never programmed. We've never had a vision to accomplish anything. We're not even trying to protect this ministry. We have no interest in the survival of, of influencers. Our interest is the survival of the message of influencers. This ministry is all about supporting a message, not supporting a ministry. You're the ministry. You're the messenger. I'm only a messenger. But we're messengers. And our words will burn. They will drill deep in the heart of people. If they are spoken with the language of the human heart, and guys, it's found with your love relationship with Christ. That's where it's found. We've had a, a prayer team that's been going like crazy. They want to get on the team. And I worship you all um, We have a prayer team that's been praying for you guys. We've been praying for you. I've been in there and I've prayed for in the chapel. And I've prayed for it. We've been praying, praying, praying. We know, we know how important it is, guys. There's, you know, what Oprah did for that steel dome, right? And they shoot rockets in, they knock them off, and they shoot rockets back. Well, we got something better than iron dome. We got a prayer covering over this place, over your families. Over your children, over your wives. Anything you're afraid of right now? Anything that's occupying your mind, your heart, anything that's pulling you downward, distracting you? We're praying for covering over you. We're praying for covering over those things that are that are that are, that are pulling at you. Will you trust me? It's covered. It's covered. Prayer cover. Spirit wants to move. We've asked him. We've asked him to come. 
The scripture says, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in the secret will reward God. Guys, a secret place is here. The room that you go into be in a crowd, you can be in a stadium, you can be in a car, you can be in bed, or you can have a white time to talk in the morning. You can be right next to each other, and you can go into your room. You can go into your secret place. And that's what we want you to do tonight. We want you to go into that secret place. We want you to find resolution on those things. We want you to empty some things. We want you to transfer some things. We want you to entrust some things. You have a dirty garment maybe. Tonight, you take that off. And you put on you. Clean Holy Spirit's pouring for you. He wants to come in. He wants to make his way to you guys. He's holy God. And the things that stand in the way mean. I got a question for you. What stands in the way? Pentecost in your life that God wants to do now. Will you abandon that which stands in the way to receive what the Spirit wants to give you tonight? We've asked Him. Come, Holy Spirit. He wants to make His way in our hearts. He wants to take us to a new place. He wants to give us new wine. And you can receive that now. me.